So it was a big shift. I went to ground zero when I started my private coaching practice. It was like, okay, we have a zero balance sheet. Let's get started after creating multi-millions of dollars in the financial industry space. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that can be really difficult for people is they end up going down a career path, whether that's their own business or they're in uh, working for somebody else and they have set themselves up nicely, but there's something that's missing. I'm Steven Pesavento and welcome to the Name Your Number podcast presented by the Investor Mindset. As someone who comes from a challenging childhood, I've spent my life seeking financial security, personal growth, and ultimately freedom. The freedom to not wake up worried about the next paycheck, but rather with the confidence of knowing that my passive income pays my bills without the need to think about it. When you name your number that you'll earn passively, that creates your ultimate quality of life, then I believe you've achieved real freedom. Welcome to my show. It's time to name your number. Welcome back to the Investor Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Pesavento. And each week we share tips and strategies to help you grow your mind, your body, and your wealth. And today I'm joined with uh, Angie Wisdom in the studio. How are you doing today, Angie? I'm doing well, Stephen. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk with you. You have an incredible background in history successfully founded an investment firm, and now you're helping tons of people be able to change and grow who they are to become even better versions of themselves to grow their business and and show up just in a better way. So I'm excited to talk a lot about that today. But before we do, tell me when looking back at your life, what events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today? And who was little Angie and how did that little person become you? Yeah, that's a fun question. Um, little Angie was, you know, a performer uh, as far as like always trying to make people laugh, always trying to kind of like neutralize situations, be that distiller to create peace and harmony. So I was very much a people pleaser, but um, that was largely because I grew up in an environment that was pretty volatile. My mother was an alcoholic. My parents were separated. Um, things were good and bad and high and low constantly. Like I, I was raised in an environment where I constantly had to read the room and figure out, you know, who I needed to be to kind of like survive in that environment. You know, my mother worked several jobs. We didn't um, have savings or anything. You know, she never had even before she passed, still didn't have a retirement account, didn't have any money. You know, it was always just like, month to month, you know, from her travel agency work or her bartending work. So I very much knew that I did not want to struggle financially. I saw that every single day and was like, at a young age, I was like, that will not be me. I don't want to work when I'm 65. If, you know, if I don't want to, I don't want to have to, you know, not get something because I have to pay for something else. I didn't want to rob Peter to pay Paul type of scenarios. So I knew at a young age that was not for me. Yeah. And it's interesting because I grew up in a similar background, similar history. And when you are that hypervigilant kid, always looking to understand who you needed to be or how you needed to show up in order to keep the peace or keep things moving forward in the right direction, you know, it can, it can be stressful. And I, one of the things mm-hmm. I found is that I got really good at being a chameleon being able to adapt yes. to different people in different places. I moved every two to four years growing up and that's a beautiful skill set. yet it was difficult 
later in life to actually figure out, well, who I really am and what is authentic. What was the path for you to finding that authentic Angie? It's so interesting you share that because I literally, that's part of my story is that because I was such a great chameleon and I was a financial advisor at Morgan Stanley, and I did really well because of those chameleon skills of being able to go, okay, this is this person, this is how I need to you know show up, what I need to look like, what I need to say. I was really good at that. But eventually I ran into a wall going like, this kind of sucks every single day having to like put on this persona of who I think I need to be and show up as how people want me to show up. And it was exhausting. And it truly said like at a young age, like how long do I have to do this for? Like how Mm. many years do I have to keep this up for? And that's really when it changed for me. And I was like, I I don't want to do it like this. There's got to be a different way. And that really put me on the trajectory of more of that personal growth and development of going, who am I really? What gifts do I have? How can I share those with the world from my authentic self instead of always using those people-pleasing skills and those chameleon skills that I had as a child? So that was life changing for me and really created the freedom to show up as who I am and what I do now. Yeah. I I feel like for myself, I found my path towards who I really am authentically, although that chameleon can still bounce in and bounce out. But I know a lot of people who who are people pleasers who carry a lot of resentment because all they want to do is make sure that everyone else is happy. What do you recommend towards somebody who's listening on what they can do to discover and test and try to to figure out who they really are and what they really want. First things first, you have to recognize that it's not a healthy way. And most people have this story that, you know, they want to make people happy and that they're doing a good thing by doing this. But the truth is, is that people pleasing and showing up as someone else actually diminishes your value in someone's life. So when you start to look at it from that perspective and know that you are doing more harm than good, Mm. it opens up the door to change. Um, You are truly not 100% you and your gifts if you're showing up as somebody else. And also when you people please, you're actually creating a little bit of a, a relationship on a fallacy here. You know, you're taking away somebody's ability to navigate their own emotions and to navigate their own life. Mm-hmm. And most people don't think of it from that perspective. You think you're just trying to be nice, but the reality is you are kind of controlling somebody else's life, <clears throat> excuse me, with your people pleasing skills. So first things first, recognize it. Understand that it's not a healthy thing to do. Understand that putting yourself first and being authentically you is how you have the most value to deliver. And Mm -hmm. then really go into creating this relationship with yourself that I talk about in the morning mindset journal of saying, spend 10 minutes with yourself every single day to get to know who you are. Mm. So it's through this path of kind of recognizing that what you're actually doing to try to help people is actually hurting them because you're not allowing them to be who they are or to deal with their own emotions, challenges, whatever that might be, that you're actually taking that away from them and taking away the gift that you actually have naturally because you're so focused on making sure everyone else is happy. Yeah, you will never, ever perform to your highest abilities as a people pleaser or chameleon. 
You just won't. And so if you're willing to accept that, that's one route. But if you're not happy with that, then you really have to make that change. And the other thing that people don't understand, but I think they'll resonate with if you listen, is that people pleasing creates resentment. And you probably feel that in your relationships when you're always giving, giving, giving and pleasing, you start to build up this resentment and that affects your work. It affects your relationships, everything you do. Yeah, you end up putting yourself last and then you don't have anything to show up for the people that you actually want to show up for. 100 percent. Yeah, and I think awareness is one of the most important first steps for any kind of change is being aware of what that problem is or the challenge or what it is that that you're doing, you know, whether you're being a chameleon, whether you're being a people pleaser, whether you're you've lost your drive or whatever that is, what what do you think and how do you think awareness plays into kind of the steps towards change and kind of living a better life? Awareness is key. It is literally one of the first things I talk about in my book and one of the first steps of the morning mindset journal. You have to have self-awareness. I tell people all the time, you cannot change what you cannot see. You have to know in order to grow. So being able to look at yourself in a non-judgmental way, but just kind of a gathering intel way gives you so much opportunity to create growth and change. So it's truly a blessing that we have the ability to be self-aware and to see these opportunities. So I would say a simple thing every single day is ask yourself, like, how do I feel? What's going on with me? And what do I want to do about it? That's a simple self-awareness question and an opportunity for empowerment. It's a great way to get started. Yeah, because I feel like once you get aware of what's really going on, it it gives you this opportunity to start seeing it and noticing it kind of everywhere mm-hmm. in your life at different places and points. And and I think the biggest recommendation I have for people is to not beat up on yourself so hard as you're becoming aware of these things. Because I know as a, as a hard driver, as a guy who wants to be the best version of himself in every way and facet of his life, when I see these things, the old me would be very very self-critical and that worked. It was very effective for making change, but it wasn't very effective for enjoying the process Mm -hmm. or really being a happy person. It isn't. And you form, you kind of train yourself, right? If you're so harsh on yourself, every time you take a look at yourself and create the self-awareness, subconsciously, you will stop looking at yourself. You're training yourself. So it's like if we want to be able to have this gift of awareness and opportunity, we have to do it from a non-judgmental standpoint and just be really curious. Curious instead of judgmental is what will allow you to really be self-aware. What do you recommend for the people that are that you're around who are going through this process and they're becoming aware of some of these things, or you might see the things and you're sharing those things that you see, you're helping them become more aware, but they're really judgmental of themselves and they take it as a critical point. How do you recommend best supporting people as they're on their own kind of personal path? I mean, ask yourself, does the critical, you know, scrutiny judgment, is it serving you? Is it actually moving the needle for you? And you even said, like, maybe at some point that was helpful for you. You know, like you used to think that beating yourself up actually moved the needle. And maybe it did to some degree, but eventually that fades out. Eventually you start to ignore it and it doesn't work. So you really have to ask yourself, like, what is going to serve me best? 
me being judgmental and critical and overly abusive to myself or me being open-minded and looking for opportunity. I mean, if you're honest, you know that being open-minded and looking for the opportunity is always going to serve you better. So I would say, you know, take that approach and have this, you know, commitment and agreement with yourself to give yourself grace, to give mm. yourself space to explore and to create some changes. Like if you take action, you're going to create changes and be really happy in a short period of time, but you've got to give yourself that space and grace in order to do it. Yeah. And what I think one of the best ways to be able to, to do this when other people are going through changes, to be the example yourself, to be able to be aware of the things or the challenges that you're dealing with and to be able to have grace for yourself. So other people around you don't feel that level of self criticalness mm -hmm. that they might feel internally. And when they start seeing you over and over again, being that example, being vulnerable, being open to hearing that feedback, um, it can open up a space. And I know for myself personally, you know, one of the things that drove me for the longest time was this like this pain inside that I had from growing up, mm. from from my life experiences. And I used that to prove to other people and to myself that I was worthy and, and that I could do the things that I do. And and what's fascinating for me, the current challenge that I have is that I went through this whole path of growth over the last decade, but in the last four years in particular, my sister passed away in a car accident, my mm. little sister, and it broke me open and it was tragic yeah. and it was terrible. And it brings tears to my eyes thinking about it. But at the same time, it was a beautiful gift because what came out of being broken open was using these tools to then rebuild myself from a place of love and acceptance mm. and joy. And the challenge that I have is that I am happier than I've ever been, but I don't have that same connection to that drive that used to drive me before. And I'm sure other mm. people are dealing with this same kind of thing as they're on this journey. They they're afraid of letting go of that, that, that thing, even if it's hurts them because it's helping them in some kind of way, shape or form. Yeah. What, what do you recommend to somebody who's experiencing that like myself or anyone who's listening? So interesting. And, and, you know, my condolences about your sister, that's so hard. And when you have to deal with these emotions, you're really forced to look at things in a different way. And it sounds like that's what you've gone through, but you're given the opportunity and anyone in this situation is like, you are now given the opportunity to find a different drive. It's about replacing the drive and the drive oh, yeah. that used to push you is no longer there, but you now have this other drive. I mean, you could pull so much from your sister's life from, you know, her now being your driver, right? Of any experience that you want. So I would say, ask yourself, what truly from a positive perspective, do you want to be your driver? Why are you going to say yes to getting up out of bed every single day? and doing and being your best. Like it is in there, but you're going to have to do some work to find it. And mm -hmm. it's a like you said, you've never been happier. So it's a more peaceful place, but you're just going through the transition. Like you found the joy, but now we need to find that new drive for you. That fire, that excitement, that motivation that is really going to set you up to do your best every single day. Yeah. Have you thought about finding a new one? Yeah. And I, and I have, and, and I share this only because I believe that by being open about it, that I can be an example and that yeah. 
by being willing to speak about it, maybe other people will seek the support of others to be able to go through that because, you know, for, for the last year, 18 months, you know, I've been heavily focused on impact and, and driving Mm -hmm. that towards helping other people and driving that towards finding some bigger burning purpose that'll move me forward. And in some ways it's powerful yet. I find it's not as painful as the drive that used to push me forward. And so, although it is pulling me in that direction, it's not like the rocket fuel that made me be able to work insatiable amount of hours in a somewhat unhealthy way, but extremely effective way. Mm -hmm. And so that's been, that's been challenging trying to look at the positive versus looking at the negative. And yet the negative is extremely powerful. Yeah. And, and everyone operates from either a place of, you know, a pain avoidance or pleasure seeking. So, you know, that kind of goes in tandem with that about thinking about the pain um, and the driver that hurt was actually more effective for you. But you have to really look at one, what do you want your life to look like? Mm-hmm. And then two, there's this gap that you're experiencing now, but I don't think that you have to, you know, you haven't yet figured out how to have that same result with a different driver, but mm-hmm. you should be able to have that. And now I'm, I'm really intrigued and I want to coach you offline on this <laughs> because it really is a shift when you find the right driver and you're living your life to where you're joyful and you have your values in place you should 100% be able to be more effective and your results should be better than they were before. And I'm a testimony to that and all of my clients are because when you're operating from your best self, from your most joyful self, you are going to create better results and better impact with people. No doubt. Yeah. I truly believe it. And I know that focusing on the positive driver is more healthy and leads to more happiness. Yet it's kind of like in this chameleon example, we're talking about where we know what works. We know we have this NOS tank in the vehicle and we can hit it. Mm -hmm. And as soon as we hit it, boom, we're going, but that's unsustainable to the engine Mm -hmm. itself. And so it is finding that next gear to being able to continue to move forward. I mean, yeah, I would be happy to talk about it. I'm happy to talk about it live on air, but the, the interesting thing is that I think what's important for people to hear is that everybody deals with it at every level. I've had a Mm -hmm. ton of success and I've had a ton of failures. And yet even I deal with challenges. I've coached hundreds of people and I've helped them have tons of success. And yet I still need to be coached and I still need that next level. And so anybody who's listening, just know that whatever you're dealing with, there's somebody out there who can help support you in getting through it. Yeah. And I, I, I'm so glad you say that because I think sometimes people don't think that when you're in that coaching space, when you're in this high level of success, that you also seek that support. And, you know, I'm a master certified coach. Your your designation doesn't get any higher. And I have two coaches myself. So 100%, no matter what level you're at, you're always going to run into obstacles and need someone to help you create clarity to see what you're not able to see. And, you know, that's kind of what's happening with you. It's like you're performing this one way with this one driver. And so now with this new driver, you haven't redefined, like, how do you perform with it? And I think it's important to clarify, too, that your driver doesn't have to necessarily be positive. It can be painful in a way of like one of my drivers is I will not 
have the same life that my mother had, right? Mm -hmm. That's a little bit of a painful driver, like thinking about the life that she led. So I'm okay with a painful driver, but I don't want the effort that it generates to be painful and at the sacrifice of my life. Mm. And that's what it sounds like yours was for a while, right? It was full speed ahead, sacrificing everything else. You're missing out on the most joy. Well, we just need to make sure painful or not painful driver creates joyful action, which creates more impactful and better results. So what can a person ask themselves or do in order to kind of discover what are some of these things that will move them and and create that that momentum? Yeah, start first going back to that self-awareness piece that we talked about. Ask yourself, like, first, what do you want your life to look like? What do you want your day to look like? You know, if you understand what you want your day to look like and the impact that you want to make, some of these self-discovery questions, that brings you to a space to then go, okay, what's going to push me to do it? Why am I going to get up and do that every single day? And, you know, how am I going to feel when I get that? You have to really lean into a lot of self-awareness and self-discovery to get those details to start taking the action that aligns with it. So again, ask yourself what you want, what you want your days to look like, what impact you want to make. Then ask yourself, how are you going to motivate yourself to do it every day? What's going to drive you? And then start making that action. Yeah. And so for you in particular, you were running a financial services firm. You probably made a lot of money, had a lot of success. What drove you to move into this next phase of your life to help share the lessons that you learned with other people? Yeah, I've had two of those moments. You know, I left Morgan Stanley as a financial advisor to um, join up with my husband at a kind of a boutique firm. And then we started our own trading company. That first move was because I found myself this chameleon checking the boxes, you know, going through the motions. My potential was capped. I was working for the corporation that was going to tell me who I could and couldn't work with and how much I could make, all of that. So that was that first move was I didn't want to be capped. I wanted to be able to create that financial freedom, time freedom, all of that. And then that second pivot for me, once I was owning my own investment firm, which we still own, but I kind of exited from was because I was good at it, but it wasn't lighting me up every day. Mm. It just wasn't fueling the fire for me. And I wanted to make a bigger impact. I wanted to show people that they are so much more capable than they are than they think they are and be able to help them tap into that greatness to achieve what they wanted. So it was a big shift. I went to ground zero when I started my private coaching practice. It was like, okay, we have a zero balance sheet. <laughs> Let's get started after creating multi-millions of dollars in the financial industry space. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that can be really difficult for people is they end up going down a career path, whether that's their own business or they're in Uh, working for somebody else and they have set themselves up nicely, but there's something that's missing and it's a huge leap to leap and not know exactly how to do it, what the outcome is going to be, or to know that it's going to work without pause. Um, Mm -hmm. And yet you did that. And it's so important to be willing to do that, to get to the point where you're willing to say, Hey, this is what I was doing before. And this is who I was showing up as. And I'm going to go out into the forest. I'm going to go and take the risk of working on making this change so that I can feel and experience life from a different place. And so many more people need to be willing to take that risk. 
And I think it's beautiful that it's it's worked out nicely for you. Thank you. You know, when I look back, there's a couple of components that I think are really important to have. One is you need to be obsessed. You need to be so passionate about something that you can't fail. There's just no way you are that obsessed with doing what you're doing. And you know that you have gifts in that area. So the confidence component of it too. And you have to be committed again, committed that it's not going to fail because I'm just going to keep doing it until it works. And the crazy thing is, is that when you have that much commitment and you have that much passion coupled with your confidence and gift gifts, it's like, you're going to create what you had before so fast. I mean, I ended up making more than I made as a financial advisor two years after I started my coaching practice. So that's an example of what happens when you're showing up authentically, when you, you know, are passionate about what you're doing and you're committed, you become unstoppable. Yeah. You connect to that and it drives you forward through those difficult times so that you can experience the outcome that you really want. And when you're connected to that, you can absolutely move through anything. So I know you wrote a book, yeah. The Non-Negotiable You. Tell us about that book um, and what drove you to putting pen to paper. Yeah. Um, well, the funny thing about why I wrote the book, I had the story and I lived the story of what I've kind of told you about of not wanting to cross the days off the calendar and you know live this life a certain way. I became what I call non-negotiable about my dreams and the success that I wanted. And that's where that stemmed from. If I had non-negotiable dreams and a non-negotiable vision of my life of financial, you know, freedom of time, freedom of authenticity, freedom, then I had to be non-negotiable about the actions that I was going to take every day. I had to be non-negotiable about who I was. So I wanted to share that. And it's what I've done with all of my clients is help them create this non-negotiable version of themselves that's truly capable of anything that they want in their life. So that's the information and what it's about. But, you know, the writing of the book, I never really planned to write a book, but I got to this situation where my one-on-one clients were at capacity. I couldn't take on anymore. My group clients were at capacity. I couldn't take on anymore. You know, I was doing free content and I thought the last piece here is that I put it in a book so that anyone who has $12, I'd even give it to them for free, could embrace this information and make a life change. So that's what inspired me to really write the book. And the funny thing was, is that I always considered myself a horrible grammar student. Mm -hmm. And I just said, I can't stand writing. I can't stand it. And once I said that to myself, I was like, oh, now I have to write a book (laughs) because (laughs) I can't stand writing. And I think I'm a terrible writer. It is now a non-negotiable that I'm writing this book. So that challenger in me really got uh, fired up when I said I couldn't do something and there started the book process. Yeah. And that's what it takes is you make that commitment to yourself and it's, it's a non-negotiable. You have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And that's where I, I use that word a lot because if we become non-negotiable about the things that we really want and the things that we're committed to, we truly are unstoppable, but it's this negotiating back and forth that we allow ourselves to do with ourselves on our commitments, whether it's our health, whether it's our investments, our portfolios, our business, that's when we lack the results and we decrease the confidence. Yeah. Where well, I have one more question for you before yeah. we wrap up today. Where can people get a copy of the book and where should they follow you? Oh, thank you. Um, Angie Wisdom Life Coach on Instagram, on YouTube. 
LinkedIn, it's all the same. And my website is angiewisdom.com. So easy to remember. The book is on Amazon. So you can order it there if you're into Amazon and quick shipping. It's also available on my website. There's a companion journal that goes with it. I know every time I say journal, a lot of people go, oh, but it truly is the process that I have used and reverse engineered over you know, years and years of coaching with high, highly successful people and developing like what you need to do every single morning to create the life and business that you want. So that's available on the website as well. Amazing. Well, it's so good. It's so good having you on. It's so great to talk through yeah. this stuff with you. The last question I have is what advice do you have for the people who know they want to make a change in their life, yet they feel stuck? They feel like they they know what they need to do, but they're not doing it. What would you tell yeah. them? Get out a piece of paper and write down at the top, I feel stuck because, and then I want you to list out every single thing that comes to your mind. Every single thing, whether it's I'm unmotivated, I don't have money, I don't have the time, just list out every single thing that comes to your mind. And there's your working point right there. You have to figure out what's making you stuck. When you go through that list, you're going to realize quickly, I want you to label things as reality or excuse. And whatever you find is reality, that's your first place that you're going to start working. That's Mm. where you're going to kind of crack, you know, that exterior there and be able to make some momentum. Well, this is a super powerful process and it was a great, it was a great interview. Great having you on Angie. We'll have to have you back. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode and we look forward to seeing you on the next one. Today's episode is sponsored by Von Finch Capital. If you're interested in investing alongside me in the same type of real estate opportunities that I personally invest in, then head over to Von Finch Capital and join their private investor network. You can do so at vonfinch.com slash invest. Join me on that next deal and I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level. Hey, this is Steven again. Just one more thing before you take off, and that is the Insider's Newsletter. Would you enjoy getting a single email every week with some of my favorite things, including tips and strategies on how to get the most out of your life and your investments? Basically, what it is is some of the coolest things that I've discovered or am pondering when it comes to life, investing, and business delivered in a short email every week to your inbox. Easy to sign up for, easy to cancel. If you'd like to try it out, type into your browser, investormindset.com newsletter to get started, and you'll get the very next one.